Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits. But before we actually get to the show, I wanted to remind you guys that Talking in Bits is completely 100% audience funded. What that basically means is, is that you will never have to sit through no ads while you're listening to Talking in Bits. And the only way we can continue to do that and have been able to do that is with contributions and donations with great listeners such as yourself. So in order to keep that spirit alive, there's a few ways that you can actually donate to the show. My favorite way is podcasting 2.0 apps. There's a bunch of them out there, but my two favorite are Fountain App and Breeze. And with these apps, it's basically like any other podcasting app. You can subscribe to Talking in Bits. Um, you can load up some sats into the wallet and you can set how many sats per minute you think Talking in Bits is worth or how much value you're receiving from Talking in Bits. You can do this from both of those apps. Another really cool feature in, the, in these apps, these podcast 2.0 apps, is the boost feature. And what the boost feature is, is basically you get to pick a certain amount of sets that you want to send in and you can embed a message inside of that transaction into the show. And what I'm going to do is week to week, the best ones that come in, I'm going to read them and give shout outs here live on the show. So that's another way that you can help keep this ad free um, and keep this content rolling. Uh, if you're not using the podcast 2.0 apps, then you can head on over to talkingandbits.com backslash donate. And there you'll find various links to be able to send in Lightning, to be able to send on-chain, and even a Paynim. So go check out the, the website. That's another way to contribute. And if you're listening to us on the legacy outlets like YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, then you could do the good old-fashioned leave a review, share, subscribe. All that stuff helps and helps us float up higher so more people can get this value and more people can get everything that we want to provide to our listeners. So once again, we appreciate you. The only reason we've been able to keep this up is because of y'all, and we want to keep that going for as long as we can. All right, without further ado, on to this week's episode. I also made the case for winning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply. By its design, the total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Back with episode 76, first one from the main chain in Austin. And I got Shane Larson in the house. What's going on, good sir? Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Uh, we were just saying before we got on the on the mic here that we, we had to get a second round of this, man. Mm -hmm. The first conversation was beautiful, Yeah. but I fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, the studio was not set up quite uh, to yeah. your liking. That, I'm glad you said it specifically like that because that's what it is. 99% um, of people probably wouldn't have noticed. They probably mm -hmm. would have been rocking with it. They probably been good. But a key part of me doing what I do is the expectations, right? Like you want it to be good. You want it to be... Not perfect, because it will never get there, but the closer I work towards that, the better product I could deliver to the listeners, right? Yeah, it's your baby, man. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, shit. I mean, you, you, you pay what I paid to get this thing set up in this quality, and, mm -hmm. like, you'll be mad if the mic doesn't work after you paid X amount of dollars for it. Right. Uh, but, yeah, here we are either way, man. First one in Austin for the main chain. There'll Welcome. probably be a solo rip before this one comes out, but I always like to say that there's a main chain. That's, like, the interview mm -hmm. episodes like this one. And then there's the side chain, 
which is the solo rip. So this is the first one of the main chains. Nice. You welcomed me last time with some awesome liquor. I actually still got the bottle over there. I, I want you to like highlight that that drink again, man. Yeah, it's a it's a so it's craft beer from Jester King. It's a local awesome brewery. Yeah, um, it's like a wild aged sour. Um, tastes like wine, to be honest. It's very juicy. Very yeah, nice. it's very it looks like wine too. Yeah, yeah, it's that, got like that's a deep red color to it. So. Yeah, I mean, and and you you have a history with beers. Right. Yep. Yeah. I used to work. So prior to uh, Bitcoin and working in traditional finance, I was working at a brewery called Trillium Brewing Company. Trillium. It's, yeah. Trillium. Yep. Yeah. Is that over there in Mass? Right. Downtown Boston. Yeah, hey. They, they got one spot in, I think, Canton as well. So maybe some other locations. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, because the reason I ask is because I know shit about beers. Right. Like if, if we go out right now and we go to the bar, I'm sure you're going to be like, Somewhat, yeah. I'm not like yeah. super intensive with the like the brewing process. I yeah. kind of understand it, but I can tell you the different types of, of beers. Now that you know, well, people have always told me to stay away from the sour stuff. They tell you that I have a bunch of times. Why? I don't know because similar to like when you like go out and order like a uh, I don't know like a mango or something, they just call it girly. Uh, I mean, but I thought that shit was fire. Yeah, you I just thought gave it was me. great. I don't, I don't think it's girly. Yeah. Okay. No, nah, I mean, nice. I'm not saying you do, but like, yeah, I, I guess maybe like. I've been hanging out with those like, um, see, it's I don't know shit about beers, but like maybe like the the Heineken guys. Yeah. I would like to say like those like, that like that Just crisp the, beer taste or whatever. Yeah, the classic, lagers or ales. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, actually, Sam Adams Boston Lagers. Yeah. It's my crowd. Those are okay. the people that I hang out with. But like, I don't know. I'm not a. I don't know. Like in my life, I've been more of a, a of a smoke weed guy. Yeah. Than a, than a drink liquor guy. Yeah. Like never mind just beer. Like I, I just don't like like the Hennessy's of the world and stuff. Like I'm not a mm-hmm. hard drinker. I actually think it's um, kind of intuitive. Like, what? I'm not even a social drinker. Okay. So, like, to me, it's like, um, it doesn't, it, 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 if I get a headache and I start to get nauseous, right? Like, that, those vibes that you get when mm-hmm. you kind of peak, like, that doesn't want me to stick around to the party and hang out with y'all. Yeah. Right? Like, on the I other hand, that. though, if I smoke and I feel good, right, and mm-hmm. I'm excited and I'm bringing value to the conversation and I'm hyped. I don't wake up the next morning feeling like a complete disaster, yeah, like a train wreck. Hungover and, right. Yeah. And then now that like, I mean, and just to clarify for the listeners, I don't even smoke weed anymore. So it's not even like I'm like a her, her. But like in my life, historically, liquor has been like, meh. Yeah. Like, but I hang well, out with la- people that like it. You're laser focused, man. On what? <laughs> just laser focused. No, no drinking, no smoking. I, I don't know. I, I like social stuff too. So I drink socially, but like I see people get wrecked, mm-hmm. like shit face wrecked. Yeah. And I wonder why, because it's like it's not a good experience. And you could like wow. do some shrooms, or you could like smoke some weed, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not advocating for drugs, but it, it, <laughs> it's known. It's a thing. Yeah. Like it, those are social drugs to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. That, that's why I've never been a beer guy. Is it, kind of like the long winded answer of mm-hmm. that, because you you could have like temporary fun and then just end up wrecked. Yeah, like, you and can then lose track. Yeah. Just well, yeah. I mean, moment and have sh- one too many. Shit can go wrong. Yeah, yeah you could lose track, but like. Like the health consequences too, right? Mm-hmm. Like shot liver, like like if you really get bad into it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, damn, I'm over here sounding like a weed maxi, right? <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm just saying, like if you go out, like the old adage that maybe your parents would tell you or anybody would tell you, if you're going out to the bar every weekend, you're probably blowing half your budget. Yeah. It's not cheap to to drink and have yeah. fun. Like you're gonna have to buy rounds and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So for sure. That whole thing, man. But yeah. I don't even know how we got there with the beer stuff. But. Yeah, well, it was just a, you know, this was a welcome, welcoming little cheers to yeah. your arrival in Austin. Appreciate it's it, good, man. It's good to have you, man. 
I'm, I'm so glad to be here. And coming from you, it means a lot because you understand that journey, right? Yeah. No pun intended. We'll talk about the plebs journey in a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, you understand the journey of coming from the Northeast, pretty much being raised in the Northeast, correct? Yeah. Yep. And then making a jump, um, kind of like a Bitcoin was the magnet, right? Like it's a similar journey. I mean, yeah. slightly different in the sense, but it was like we would go from where we grew up where we're comfortable, mm-hmm. where our friends are at, yep. where our family is at, right? To just come to this like magnet of a Mecca. Can you like expound on that experience and, and, and what you went through? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was uh, the big motive was, you know, working with Unchained. That was yeah. huge. Um, just based off of like web surfing and just going on social media and seeing the culture, not just Bitcoin culture, but also... Um, other you know people that I, I was following and, and it just seemed to be this gravitating force of people that were enjoying their time in this community around Austin yeah um, but yeah I mean mainly it was to be closer to the unchained team to be there in person um, and to yeah contribute and just grow you know the network and try to gain some trust and but um, yeah man I mean it was a 28 hour drive. That's fucking nuts. I drove 14 hours the first day on my own, <laughs> on my own, which is not easy. And I got to Nashville Yeah. from Massachusetts. That's crazy. And I was like pulling into the hotel, like just like, dude, I need to go to bed. I need to sleep. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, drove straight to Austin the next day and uh, moved in. I actually worked. Uh, actually, no, I, I crashed my buddy's place and then worked the next day. And uh, I had to pull up some Wi-Fi in our uh in our lobby at the apartment complex yeah and just work from there uh and then moved in but yeah man the uh, the whole journey has been an absolute net positive um being here and just um you know surrounding myself with the unchained team but also finding a really cool community um within the uh, i would say the fitness and you know wellness um you know segment and uh it's been yeah i mean overall for me personally it's been a net um benefit to my character, my health overall. Yeah. And it's definitely shaping and molding uh, who I am and my, my perspective um, in a, in a really good way. Yeah. To, to my knowledge, at least. So No, I, I, from the outside, I believe so as well, from just seeing the stuff you're up to and we'll get to some of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we leave the Unchained team, you said that numerous times, um, which I agree with, by mm-hmm. the way, like what was it about either Unchained Capital or the Unchained team that was such a force because, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it was like Chase that was having right. you come to Austin or anything yeah. like that, right? So there was obviously something specific about Unchained Capital that said, hey, I'm okay with moving down there. What, what was it about the team? Or what did you see from a distance? Yeah, I mean, uh, so the first, um, trying to think back when I first became, you know, I became a client technically. Yeah. Um, I just looked at the products and services that they were providing and I thought they were the only ones doing it you know, besides Casa. Yeah. Uh, just from my perspective, I know there's probably other people that offer the same products and services, but um, when I first got into Bitcoin and I saw Unchained, I was really attracted to what they were offering. And I really believe there's just like this natural integrity within the products and services that we provide for individual society. And that kind of just, just pulls other people in that are, in, you know, they have integrity, they have certain virtues and principles um, that align with what we offer to society. And so, um, as I started learning more about Bitcoin, you know, took the, uh, you know, took the dive into purchasing, uh, Bitcoin. And then I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to secure this in a you know fashion. So it was all purely selfish at first to figure out my own, um, you know, uh, situation. 
But then I started reading uh, Unchained's blog. So yep. Parker's graduated suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, trying, Huge. you know, his his articles have been a huge contribution to the company and to just my foundation of knowledge. So all the most common FUD, um, you know, topics, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, or is it despair? I believe is the acronym. Yeah, both. <laughs> it could be either, I guess. Could, yeah, it could be either. You could be flexible with it, but so he really kind of covers that, and it really just kind of popped up a you know light bulb in my head, and just kept following him, and following other people on Twitter, and just realizing that this is um, you know as they as we I don't know if we still do, but we marketed you know on our on our website that we are the, the world's premier Bitcoin financial services company. And I just was blown away. I was like, this is this is something special. Um, so I just, uh, I bugged the hell out of the Unchained, uh, at the time rec- recruit, recruiting team, which was pretty much, I think Eric, <laughs> yeah. you know, Eric and Shout maybe a few Eric. others. Um, and, uh, yeah, eventually, um, once I became a part of the team, I was working remote. I knew moving to Austin would be, um, you know, beneficial for me to, to get to know the team better. So. But yeah. yeah, it's really just just the integrity of the team, how the how the executive team and the leaders of Unchained um, hold it, like how their character is portrayed and how they lead us. And it's been overall just um, you know it's been, uh, in my opinion, great. They've been handling it great. It's a big challenge to do what they're doing, but it's been overall awesome. Yeah, yeah, I I. All that I agree with. I, I felt the same way. Gradually and suddenly was a big part of my uh, foundational uh, understanding of Bitcoin, but monetary policy too, and, and all that good stuff. Which I don't mm-hmm. come from a traditional financial background. I actually talk a lot about how um, where I'm from, you know, low poverty income and stuff like that. There mm-hmm. is none of that. Like nobody talks about this. Yeah. Like I mean, you'll get like an OG drug dealer or something that could kind of give you some wisdom on in- investing. He doesn't yeah. call it that, but it's kind of like the hustle's way of investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nobody's talking about monetary policy. I don't even think people are talking about the government uh, or the Fed or anything that that they're doing inside low poverty income. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even think people realize they're in that bubble. They just don't know that much. But yeah, like learning Bitcoin, going through that, reading gradually and suddenly. But the thing that stuck out to Unchained for me was, first of all, I was trying to leave the hospital. Right, So I worked in the OR. Mm-hmm. COVID was starting to come around. Vaccination. I was literally desperate to try to find something they didn't want to just go, you know, lateral into another fiat job, wanted to be in Bitcoin. Um, but the, the, what really stuck out to me, at least from a distance, uh, I'm sure people in Austin felt it more is like, boy, was and still is the Unchained team like such Bitcoin maxis. Mm-hmm. Like it is like it spills out in the messaging. It yeah. spills out and what they're working on and what they want to do. And that to me was a big piece of like, I need to be here. Mm-hmm. Right. I need to be there. And then <laughs> similar to you. I bugged the shit out of the team. Um, I actually think I wrote like this like crazy story on the last email. Like I told, I remember telling my wife like this is the last email I'm gonna write. I think it was like number four, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, this is it. If I don't get it, then I'll try strike. I'll try some other company. Yeah. Wrote some story about um, if I always forget. I've talked about it on this podcast before. It's not really important, but it's like if my life were in Bitcoin, it would be or something along those lines. Later on, I found out Joe Kelly saw it and was like, hey, we need to get this guy in for an interview. Like this is the type of That's dude we awesome. want, right? Got Eric, uh, got uh, Velvet, and shout out to these. And I mean, people listening are probably like, who are these people? Eric Kaysen. Yeah, and yeah. Velvet and all yeah. that, right? But like, you got to understand, these people are like the lifeblood of Unchained Capital. Mm-hmm. Whether you know them on Twitter, whether they're not on Twitter, uh, not so much Eric Kaysen anymore. He, yeah, he's no He departed. Right. But 
he was a big part of when you and I came on board. Um, and yeah, I went through those. I went Phil, Phil Geiger. Everybody knows Phil Geiger on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to them. Um, but yeah, that's how I ended up there. And, and I remember my very first week, it was me and Eric one-on-one because client services didn't really exist. Mm-hmm. And uh, he doesn't want me to say this stuff because he was supposed to be training me. <laughs> but that first week was like maxi conversation. Like yeah. every time he would give me like, Half hour of like, you should be responding to a client like this. He and definitely then, wants you to talk about this. Well, I had him on the show. And when I brought that up, he was like, hey, man, like, take it easy, man. Like, I was supposed to train you. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He taught me how to use the tools that we were using and how to respond. So he taught me about like snippets and stuff. But um, I would put him on blast. But Tyler was actually a part of these conversations, too. Tyler nice. Campbell. Shout out to Tyler. Uh, we just name dropping left and right. People listening are probably like, who the hell are these people? Mm-hmm. Um but these people, as you would agree, are very influential in what you and I are doing nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was just like half hour client services, seven and a half hours maxi shit. Yeah. Like, screw the government, fuck the government. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, I was so happy because I left my fiat job mm-hmm. and like I'm doing this. But I was also very nervous because I knew he was leaving. Um, and what my thought process was is like, when he goes, I'm by myself. And I didn't learn shit besides fuck the Fed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I was very nervous. And uh, thank- I tell you guys this all the time in person. Uh, but your team, the lending team, kind of like adopted me as like a like a little child or whatever. And was like, hey, man, you're by yourself. But you could come in our meetings and you could yeah. come rock with us. And you can yeah. talk with us. So that's kind of like my origins of Unchained or whatever. But and you did a great job. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You did a great that. job. So, yeah, just trying to hold it down there. But. Either way, Unchained holds something big to who we are today, to what we're doing today. Yeah. I don't want to speak for you, but it kind of sounds like that's yeah, the case. Yeah, it's, it's the culture, man. It's Bitcoin Commons, too, you know. Maxi. Downtown, um, having this open source type of office space for people that are creating certain programmers, certain people that are developing. Yeah, man. Um, awesome Bit Devs. I just went to Lit Devs, Lightning de- Developers. Yeah, I haven't been to one yet, but that's popping. That was cool. Yeah. Um, so that was my first one and we had, uh, like Alex Gladstein come in and, and speak about his side of the world with, you know, the human rights foundation. Um, yeah. we've had, like, I think we had a premier Bitcoin commons event where we just had a bunch of speakers and Marty was hosting yeah, a bunch of Bitcoin. Yeah. The takeover and Bitcoin mining talks. So that was, um, you know, the culture and the ethos right now is just, um, it's a great time to be here and to see it yeah. witness it in person the mecca yeah 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 i'd be surprised how many people like are that you know on twitter not only those big names that you named i was actually afforded the pleasure and the opportunity to re- record the takeover and yeah. i still hadn't been in austin yet that was still when i flew in mm-hmm. to do that um but boy was i blown away to like be standing right in front of safety right mm-hmm. and like yeah. jack Mauler's. like yeah. i'm talking about like we're waiting for them to go up and i'm like my camera's rolling I'm in the back of the room, and then it's like me, Matt O'Dell, Jack Mullins. Yeah, right. And it's a lot like, of people there. What the Even fuck the, is happening? Yeah. Um, so I was going in and out during the Bitcoin takeover, uh, Bitcoin Commons takeover. So I was working as yep. well. Uh, but I was with uh, a couple employees, and we were in you know the main part of the building. And this guy comes up to me. I'm like, oh, this guy looks familiar. And it happened to be the mayor of Austin. Yeah. He just walked in. And he like shook That's my hand good. and said, "Yeah, my name is Steve Adler." And I was like. Oh, you're the mayor in my head. I was like, nice to meet you, man. Yeah. And Senator uh, Senator Loomis or Lummis was there I guess too. Lummis, and so yeah. the two of them were witness to some of the talks there. And 
Um, so I was like, oh, this is pretty. It's a lot of fucking signal, cool. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. Um, but either way, man, I want to circle back to what you've been talking about where you said it's improved your fitness being down here, improved your yeah. health. Uh, we talk about this stuff all the time, but before we get into my opinions on that, like explain a little, expound on that, what you mean by your health getting better. And yeah. Yeah. So I never really had a consistent um, workout routine, um, you know, diet kind of regimen, you know, and I met a few friends out here that are not affiliated with Bitcoin. Well, one is, but our friendship is not really taught. Like it was more so going to the gym, sauna, ice bath, just kind of empowering ourselves and so this there's a couple of gyms in austin that are just really um you would think they're bitcoiners because they yeah. are very um you know open-minded and they support just being your your true you know true natural self and you know caring about your your body your mind and, and your spirit and and overall just yeah since i've been here i mean i've been doing it for since like the beginning of this year so 2022 um just consistently going to the gym doing ice baths um yeah. which are really tough yeah. uh the, the beginning i just absolutely hated them i did not like them uh it does help build mental fortitude in a way though and Magic. um so so having this uh this kind of routine has been very grounding for me yeah uh in life you know just like this exercise uh routine um has been able to ground me and also just improve my character which you know improves my way of thinking my speech and how i act um and then you know so there's the quote uh, i think jeff booth like it's not his quote but he he loves it it's like watch your thoughts for they become your words watch your words for they become your your actions watch your actions for they become your habits yeah watch your habits for they become your character and watch your character before or for it becomes your your destiny mm. and so for me i really uh i really uh, attribute to that quote yeah. and i i do from a you know my own experience i've embodied that and so fitness has been extremely important and i think that in order to be our higher form of selves um we should be taking care of our bodies taking care of our minds so that we can contribute to society and to whatever we're doing yeah in the most optimal manner yeah now why do you make that sound so easy though it's not easy okay yeah like what do you like I'm sure it was a slow grind for you to try to get it rolling, but what keeps you on that? Because me personally, stay on it, yeah. jump off of it, stay on it, jump off of it. Like, what's yeah. the secret sauce? Well, so in the beginning, I mean, it definitely uh, was helpful to have friends just come in to the gym with me every single day. Yeah. Encouraging you. So that's a huge plus. And I always recommend that. You have some kind of community aspect to it. Uh, going by yourself is, you can still do that, but it's a little bit more difficult if you're just starting off. So that was a big factor for me. And then also, like, in regards to just maintaining that consistency, it's because I have the contrast of not working out and not eating right and not taking care of, like, my perspective of life and, and you know, not being as intentional. So uh, having that contrast, you know, prior to doing all this, I realized how it's improved my life in a big way. And I just know that since I've been consistent with it, I've been able to, yeah, just feel grounded and to be able to... to, to um, be my you know most optimal form of who i am it's fascinating how you put it that way i've never thought about like the contrast but it's like yeah you kind of already know you don't want to do that anymore or yeah. be that person there's nothing wrong with like missing a day and eating like shit you know, yeah. a couple of days of the week 
sometimes and you know um going out having a few drinks that's fine yeah you don't have to be extremely strict for me like i kind of was in the first few months and then now that i just feel like i'm not gonna slip because i just know it's just something that i going to the gym is no longer like a force yeah it's like i like going to the gym now right so you got to get to that level for sure yeah because to me it's like i've always had a battle with food and, and i always think that like same here to be on, yeah. Yeah, well, like, to me, it's like, if I slip up, because I used to do this thing where it's like, Sundays is good, right? Like, I get this one day, you know, kind of do whatever I want with the kids, have mm-hmm. donuts and all that. But I, I found it extremely hard on Monday to get back on the horse. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, Yeah, that shit wasn't working for Weekends me. Weekends are important. What do you mean? For maintaining momentum. So, like, if you are just, like, the weekdays, you're, you, you know, you're, you're doing your thing, you're going to the gym, you're eating right, and then the weekends, you just, like, say, like I said, you can still you know, divulge here and there, but yeah. at the same time, if you go way off the edge, you kind of go into your the new week a little off balance, and so a lot it's, of off it's, balance. yeah, it's it's more difficult. So yeah. if, you know, you can still divulge and you know do what you want to do, but um, yeah, it is it is tough to like get back into the the rhythm of things. You know, yeah, that's been my biggest thing. Like I've I've done a lot in the past. I've lost a ton of weight in the past. I've done really good, but like you still look great, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's subjective thank you good sir <laughs> uh but yeah no it's just it's a lot of things like i was telling my wife like especially since i've been here now on the way down here as you said earlier it was a long drive same for us i got two little ones so to me it's like from like the emotions and the feelings of like actually finally moving right like mm-hmm. my mom was a wreck my mom was like fam yeah. like you are not about to leave like mm-hmm. whatever from that emotion through like the drive through getting here and not knowing where anything is, it's like all I've done is just like emotional binge. That's yeah. legit what I've done. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I don't smoke anymore. I don't drink. I don't have any other habits. But the food, right? Like the comfort. I still remember being, you know, 300 plus pounds or whatever and, and like having that as like a comfort buddy, right? So like now it's like I'm here and I was telling my wife yesterday, it's like uh, it's not no longer about like, man, I don't look good in my shirt. Now it's a it's more of a chemistry thing. Like it's mm-hmm. like I don't feel yeah good right like that type of thing like not sick but a version of sick yeah. right like not yeah. optimal i guess is the way to do it yeah and that's what i'm really um you know i'm 36 getting older you know uh you know we'll talk about like the beef initiative and all that but mm-hmm. like you talk about testosterone you talk about these things that are super important yep um and here i am still trying to figure out my recent go around with food and getting back to my habits of mm-hmm. just eating meat Right. Keeping it clean. I do intermittent fasting. That's one mm-hmm. of my favorite things to do. I've done that for a long time. Um, but yeah, it's really, really hard. And I've talked to other people about this. Uh, I'm a big fan of realistic sympathy. Like a lot of people would be like a lot of people that I've talked to already is like, ah, that's part of it, man. Like you just had a big move in your life. Like things have changed. Mm-hmm. And but in my head, I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. Like that's just excuses, man. No, don't give in to your inner <laughs> you're goggins me <laughs> no it's just i i now that i say goggins that's the type of guy i tell my wife there's all of that like this guys that get motivation from like tony robbins mm-hmm. you're the best and you got it in you and then me i get motivation from stop being a fucking bitch yeah like that's like my like drill sergeant motivation yeah uh my wife doesn't like that <laughs> she's like oh that, that's a little bit too hard though that's and i'm like but that's the only thing that wakes me up that's the only thing that actually tells me that I'm behaving like a little bitch. Yeah. And a lot of these habits, if you really think about them, are you just being a little bitch about it? 
like going yeah. to the gym and saying, oh, damn, I got to go and walk and I got to go do that. Knowing the obvious, which is there's somebody that would die to be in your place mm -hmm. to even have that decision to make. Mm -hmm. You're being a little bitch. Yeah. I mean, that's just a very simple way to, 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 <laughs> to frame it, I guess. But I, I think if you just understand the consequences of your decisions. Like if you truly Deeper. understand yeah. what your, you know, your nutrition plan, your like what it's doing to your body and how it's affecting your brain chemistry and how it's affecting your thoughts, you know, after you partake in whatever it is, you know, weed or alcohol or foods and, and whatnot. Like if you, if you just understand, it just becomes, uh, I don't know, for me at least, it just provides clarity and you just, it's easier for you to be like, okay, I, I understand what's going to happen uh, if I partake in this. It, you know, if you don't understand that, you're just kind of conflicted. You just don't, un you don't know what to do. You, yeah. And you, you feel like, and there's all, like going back to the emotional eating, like that's probably something, or at least for me, like I, I had kind of a similar situation where it's like, that's what I would do when I was a kid. Yeah. And so there's a lot of habits that you have as a child that no longer serve you as an adult. Yeah. And so if you understand that, if you really get granular about it, going into like writing and like reading as much as you possibly can, um, it just becomes easier to, to, to make those, you know, different actions. Um, but yeah. I get it. Like I, like David Goggins, I, uh, when I was going through a tough time in my life, uh, his audiobook was super cool. One, yeah. it was like a combination of him reading it and then they would do like a <laughs> podcast after every chapter. Interesting. Kind of cool. Yeah. That is I cool. would listen to it while doing a, a road race. It was like a seven mile road race and it just made me, uh, pretty. Stop being a bitch. Yeah. If he was here, he would say that. Yeah. yeah he would call it, I'm being a little bitch. <laughs> I can hear him saying it right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. It is tough thinking. And I do agree with you, um, especially about the part where like old habits that don't serve you anymore. Um, but like in some situations, you, some situations, not all of them, you still do understand the consequences of it. Mm -hmm. You yeah. just don't care enough you to still make You have an intuitive sense. Right. You yeah. just don't care enough to still make the right decision. Right. Like yeah. it's that like, whatever you want to call it. You only live once thing. It's mm -hmm. like, you find, I'm going to keep saying it, you find little bitch reasons to still make that decision mm -hmm. you know you shouldn't make. Yeah. Yeah, like you, you, you can name them. Oh, I, I got kids and they eat this stuff, so I eat that stuff. Oh, you know, I, yeah. I've had yeah. a hard day at work. I need to eat this stuff. Like you can literally talk yourself into the biggest nonsense yeah. of all no, time. I agree. I agree. So that's why to me, the wake up call is that mm -hmm. because if you were to say like, define your internal voice that one is a little bitch yeah and um what started like my self-improvement journey was meditating reading and meditating Interesting. And so meditating actually helped me be more aware yeah. of my own thought process and so if i ever caught myself being negative or diving into i want some chocolate because i feel like shit or yeah I'm sad or whatever or i want to have a drink yeah i feel lonely oh, that's a female that. one right there chocolates when you're sad bro you're going deep Choc chocolate's good man it's not just a female thing i was just fucking with on, you but... um but so like, like a you, pint of ice cream <laughs> <laughs> it's it may have happened may or may not have happened hey we new england ben and jerry's is it <laughs> but um yeah so so being able to recognize that and like training yourself yeah like that's what meditation is just a constant state of awareness and so when you do that, you're able to recognize your thoughts and then question them and say, okay, well, why am I thinking this way? Is it so thought that I had when I was a kid? Yeah. You know? And so it's, you can then, 
every time you have a negative thought or something bad happens that makes you angry or sad, you can say, well, what, what's the positive that I can take out of this? Sure. If you train your brain to do that every single time, it becomes natural. Interesting. You start to think that way without effort. Talking through meditation. I've, I, and I'm sure a bunch of people listening right now have tried meditation uh, to no avail. I've tried it a bunch of times. Um, don't get much. I get the concepts of it. It's obviously beneficial. Yeah. I mean, it's a global practice. Uh, like the Buddhist monks, obviously, are the yeah. biggest example of its powers. Um, I kind of get what you were saying there because when I was meditating, what I would listen to is thoughts of like, you know, uh, I like this example that was given to me. It was like, you sit on the side of the road, your thoughts are the cars, mm-hmm. and you just don't attach yourself to any of them. Right. You kind of just let the car yeah. go, and you yeah. just see it, and that's cool, and you let it go. Mm-hmm. Walk me through how meditations work for you and, and some practices if you got them. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not too much detail. I mean, I just started using a couple apps. So I started using like Headspace. Yep. I started to use Calm. I tried a few other things, and I just did a strict routine of doing it every single day right when I woke up. Nice. I'd make my bed, I'd uh, drink plenty of water, and then meditate for 20 minutes. Then it amped up to 30 minutes, and then sometimes I'll do it for an hour. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. And and um, sometimes I'll do guided so that it reminds me, like, if you're just so far into your thoughts. Like, you're just, like, you have a crazy day at work, you're constantly using your brain to just your, your monkey mind all day long for, like, 10 hours. Yeah it's going to take you longer to just slow down your thought process or at least be aware of it. Just this is where I, like what I've yeah. experienced, you know, like makes sense. So, so for me, it's just really uh, constantly coming back and, and just being aware of your breath. Okay. Being aware of your breath and not, you know, constantly um, judging and, and um, critiquing things. But it, that's, it's pretty basic. That's, that's what I've been doing. And that's enabled me to question a lot of, the habits that I had and the actions that I was taking and my perspective on life. And I had a lot of help from like different, I mean, like we live in a, a really awesome time where we have plenty of podcasts. We have plenty of books. Like Tim Ferriss, his two books called one's tools of Titans, the other one's tribe of mentors. It's like a Bible size. Tools of Titans I had, that was good. Yeah. I didn't know about and the tribe just, of mentors. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much the same exact concept, okay. like the way that he constructs the book. But I mean, there's like hundreds of highly successful people in a like incredible, incredibly wide spectrum of, you know, occupations that they're doing. It could be like yeah. an athlete, an actor, a musician, a scientist, podcaster, you name it. And they provide you like he asks like really cool questions. Like, what would you tell your 20 or 30 year old self or what are your favorite books? And then so like at the end of that huge Bible book that he has, he lists all the most um most named books out of all the interviews that he's had. And so like he'll put it in chronological order of like how, how many or the most times that it was uh, mentioned. And so I just started doing that. And so I started like saving all these books and just read like crazy, like just read as much as I possibly could. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean like meditation, reading podcasts, um, has been able to, you know, it's, it's enabled me to just kind of, question my own thinking and improve myself and but yeah meditation overall i think it's not for everybody but some people have their own form of meditation some yeah. people love running um some people uh what's another form of meditation um some people do other just other activities sure. yoga yoga you know yoga is like you're 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 forcing yourself to pay attention to your body and right. what muscles are tight so you're kind of not you're no longer a you know, thinking about your own thoughts, 
you're, you're paying attention. Like I'm paying attention to my breath when I'm sitting down meditating. You're doing yoga. You're paying attention to your muscles and, and whatnot in certain positions that you're doing, whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, it's just been structure. incremental. That's yeah. what I, I hear a lot of structure there. Yeah. Um, how, how, how much do you subscribe to the concept of like children, we need a structure. We need a routine in order to be successful. So like children? Yeah, because if you know, I got kids, so like yeah. my kid needs to be to bed at a certain time or he's going to be cranky. Yeah. He's going to be pissed yeah. off or yeah, not sure. do well. So like I like to com- make that comparison. I subscribe to that. Whereas like yeah. as an adult, you know, as we get further away from my parents, we seem to think like that, like immediate teenager instinct, mm-hmm. which is like, fuck that. I can do yeah. whatever I want now. Right. And come to find out as you age, it's like, oh shit, yeah. there was a reason yeah. for that structure. And if yeah. I don't have it, I'm going to eat a pint of ice cream every fucking night, right? Like, yeah. so, where, do you subscribe to that? Do you think there's, there's you need to be structured? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, Naval Ravikant, there's this book called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. He's got one quote. I mean, he tweets it all the time, too. Yeah. And uh, he's got, like, first principles of what he takes care of. And it starts off with, first, it's his physical health. Then it's his mental health. Then it's his spiritual health. Then it's his family's health. Then it's his family's well-being. And then it's, I don't know, like his, his job or, or some other stuff. But in regards to, if you're trying to take care of your physical and mental and spiritual health, your family's health, you do need some structure. You do need some habits. Um, so I, I definitely ascribe to that for sure. I think that you don't have to be, there needs to be balance too. Because there's been parts of my life where I started meditating and do all these healthy practices and I had structure, but I was extremely strict about it. So like yeah. if I missed a meditation, I'd have anxiety like, oh, meditate that's gonna i'm gonna have a shitty day kick your own ass yeah so like you can't beat yourself up about that and have like this lieutenant uh you know strict structure you know mentality um but just be like okay i missed it well i'll I'll do it tomorrow and and but if you miss it more and more and more and more you'll start to to see how things are seeping out a little bit and so i yeah 100 percent think that structure helps and um for kids and adults for sure yeah uh, I'm gonna throw you right off the edge here. Um, how do you think uh, psilocybin plays into that? Um, so it, I guess it de- depends on um, the person. Uh, I just recently watched uh, Michael. Pa- so Michael Pollan. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's an author. He's got plenty of a decent amount of books. Yeah. His most recent, or not his most recent, but another book. It was called uh, How to Change the Mind. Yeah. He talks about various different forms of psychedelics, and he he just re- like recently released a short documentary. It's like a four episode netflix docu series yeah and he goes through psilocybin uh mdma and some other stuff for lost people. me on ecstasy though that yeah was like the third episode M- yeah okay yeah yeah MDMA, I was into the first two. yeah mdma seems to have some changes to especially like veterans that have ptsd um yeah it seems to have some effect for some people but it's not necessarily a none of this is a universal like apply to all you know yeah but uh psilocybin i think can uh, and this is just from personal experience. Yeah. Um, like recently, there's, there's like, once again, in Austin here, like people will microdose. Yeah. And they'll talk, you know, they'll, they'll do that to, um, I think it just accesses different neural pathways for them to be more creative or to think about different things or to be able to maybe uncover their subconscious in a different way. Um, yeah. And that's what fascinates me. You kind of repress your whole life. Like your ego is repressing certain things. Right. That your subconscious, like, you know, you, you, you know, it. it's like this hidden aspect of yourself and, but you do, you know, it deep down inside, but sometimes you just can't totally bring it to the surface. 
Yeah. And certain some of these drugs can, you know, or, you know, maybe not label, label them drugs anymore, but like psychedelics, yeah. plant medicine, whatever you want to, whatever's hit. I don't like the word drugs. It is a bad. Plant medicine, medicine, whatever right. uh, you want to call it, uh, can be very beneficial. And it seems to be, uh, it's, it's becoming um, more acceptable in modern day society. And there are like institutions like John Hopkins University that's doing like, like a ton of research. Speaking of Tim Ferriss, he's like investing millions of dollars into this. Yeah. Um, to help people that have like, you know, PTSD or like um, OCD or certain eating disorders or whatever it may be. And like some of these people come out and it's like they, their disorders went away within a day. Right. After years of having it and doing this one specific, you know, experience, this intentional experience. So yeah. it's like holy shit, like there's something to that, you know? I agree. And there is, you know, going back to like Nixon, 1971, what the fuck happened in 1971? I don't know if it was, it might have been around this time or maybe before. I think it was around this time. I believe so. Where he just like cracked down on anything psilocybin and they restricted all, um, you know, research or experimentation on it. Um, so now we're kind of resurfacing that. And yeah. I think it's going to be, it's very interesting timing with like what's happening in the world and society and how yeah. people are kind of, you know, we're, we have our like just separate realities. Um, yeah. And so uh, I think it can be helpful. I mean, it's obviously not for everyone. It depends on your situation. For sure. Yeah. I'm not a medical professional. Me neither. And this isn't <laughs> medical advice. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, psilocybin really, really out of, out of all the psychedelics really, really intrigued me. Mm-hmm. And not for the the reasons people may think, um, like oh he just wants to go trip. No, yeah. that, that's actually the last thing that intrigues me about it. But the historical aspect of it, uh, when it comes to some would argue religious, right? Like when it comes to certain stories, I, the one that I bring up all the time is like, you know, it's a very realistic scenario that, and I don't want to offend anybody who's religious, but like the uh, uh, Moses burning bush. Like that whole story there, that actually makes me, in a realistic scope of things, mm-hmm. make me think that, man, he was on psychedelics. Like, well, there's a whole book on this, dude. I think I read that book. I it's think I know where you're going. Book with that. on this. Yeah, yeah, but like not only that, but the Stoics. I listen to Stoicism a lot, and I, mm-hmm. I, I practice Stoicism. Um, you know, the 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 ceremonies that they they had that they passed on. Yeah. Native Americans with you know the adulthood and that they journey already. that they took on. You see what I'm saying? Like, so to me, what really fascinates me is that, like, um, complete full understanding of who we are is lying right underneath our, like, face, our view, our nose. And we're so damn scared or so damn misguided as we are with food, as we are with education, Mm -hmm. as we are with fiat currency, that we end up here stressing about our look, our feelings, Mm -hmm. our you know, uh, the cards we've been dealt in life. Yeah. And it's like the utmost understanding of who you are is right there. And it can in turn, as you highlighted, shake those feelings from you or make you just be a supreme being, a God in in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this is years ago. I don't really know much about it. So I'm just going to say this once. And I had a guy who was a Muslim and, and always spoke, uh, spoke about Allah, Allah, right? And then he would tell me that Allah is basically you. It's it's arm, you break it down, arm, mm. arm, leg, leg, et cetera, uh, head, right? That's literally the definition. And it's you are the God. 
Um, and a lot of people would be like, no, 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 there is a God. There's this guy, there's that. Mm. And I've always, that sentence that he's given me has always stuck with me. And now when you talk about psilocybin and you see all these studies and you see historically what it does, I can kind of see where a certain group of people, especially ones that used it a lot in ceremonies, can see that they themselves can be a god or can behave like a god or be godly, right? If that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Um, and it, it extremely, it, it fascinates me, uh, yeah. a, a thousand percent, um, more than any other psychedelic. And I know they all have their benefits, mm-hmm. um, but psilocybin is one that I really want to explore more. Um, I love how you said intentional, you know, trip that people are taking yeah. because, you know, when you think about drugs and you think about it historically, you think about like when I was in high school, the guy who did mushrooms was, was the guy that was not intentional. Just went to a party. Yeah. Had a baggie. Right. And it was like, yeah. yeah, what's up? Like, no, I like intentional. I like how Hopkins is doing it and how many other places are doing it where there's a doctor there with you, yeah. where they're guiding you through this trip, but seeing what happens on the other end. Mm-hmm. Very fascinating shit, man. That's been my latest, yeah. like rabbit hole if you want to put it yeah in. for sure i think that if uh, we didn't have to fix the money you know it'd be something that i would uh yeah i would try to like start potentially going down you know as a yeah contributing i don't know how i what like what i would like how i would contribute but it's something that i think can change you know can change the world for sure change the individual yeah. yeah. Well, I think we've spoken about this like in person before, but um, I got I, I blank on the second part of his name, but Fractal something on Twitter. Uh, Encrypt or something like that. Fractal Encrypt. I apologize. He's going to be on in a few weeks, so <laughs> but I don't remember. But I read Man. his article on psilocybin and Bitcoin. Yeah. And if I were to disagree with anything you just said there is, is that there's a place to do both, right? Like there's a place, yeah, yeah, yeah. sovereign tools, basically, mm-hmm. to make a sovereign individual. Yeah. Psilocybin being the one that unlocks the mind. Bitcoin being the one that unlocks fiat for us. I guess I was just saying like as a profession. Oh, yeah. For, for, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, but, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm in, yeah. I should be in the arena. Maybe a scientist, bro. Right. I'll let them do their thing. But like, boy, do I wonder a lot of things in my own personal life. Yeah. Boy, do I wonder like, and when you see these people go through these experiences and come back godly, I'm going to continue to use that term where they feel like they've conquered these things in their life. Um shit man like i want to i don't know if i want to give that an attempt is the right way to go because i still think there's something that scares me about it um but i'm also a firm believer that when you're scared that's true north that's the compass yeah you gotta take that for a grain of salt what true north that what yeah that 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 saying why (laughs) i don't know if you want to go skydiving and all of a sudden you, you do by yourself or, or I don't know. Like you do, if you think that and you start doing random things, that might not be the, you know, you got to do it with, uh, I would say a good, good judgment. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's a different fear, right? That's like, like when your body is scared that it's your physical form is going to feel harm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, yeah, the scared yeah. you stay away from. That's like, Hey, I know that guy has a gun there and I got a switchblade. I might as well. I'm scared to sure. be near that guy. Uh, but a fear that's unbeknownst, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, what the fuck am I scared of? Yeah. Like that yeah, fear, that's that. the compass. Yeah. That's you, when you, when you, uh, when you get offered a new promotion and you don't know what to do, you're not scared of anything in particular. You're just nervous. Mm-hmm. That means it's going the right way. You're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, me coming out here, right. Where it's like, I didn't know uh, if I was going to be what I call highly favored. And I, I come and, and, and that happening, right. Starting mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, talk and work with people that I never imagined I'd be able to talk to. Mm-hmm. If I were to not use that fear as a compass, I would not be here. I'll still be sitting in my basement, probably having a Zoom chat with you right now and recording this episode. Sure. But yeah, listen, if I'm going to jump out of a plane, 
and I think my body's going to hit the ground and destroy its health. <laughs> I may not want to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. But psilocybin is the thing I'm going to go down. Hopefully, uh, fractal will. Yeah, I'm excited to hear that. I, uh, yeah. I haven't read the whole thing, but I started to uh, maybe like a quarter. Fucking fascinating. It, but it seems pretty interesting. Yeah, so which was cool. probably written on psilocybin. I mean, if you yeah. get to a certain part there, he's an artist. Mm-hmm. And he talks about deeply how his correlation is with being on psilocybin mm-hmm. and being an artist and being creative. Uh, but then he like merges this like middle ground between like, I'm comparing Bitcoin, then I go to psilocybin. I compare Bitcoin, then I go to psilocybin. And it's like the similarities are, are I mean, I, I think uh, Brandon Quidham talks about this stuff yeah. a lot as well. But I haven't seen a piece that's written with this much attention to detail, uh, with this so much truth behind it. And the idea of not them individually as Bitcoin and psilocybin, but as sovereign tools for a sovereign individual. Mm, yeah. That is fascinating. Great read. Anybody should check that out. Uh, you should finish it, of course. I think it's just, is it called like Bitcoin and psychedelics? Or I think so. Something That's something like that? basic. Yeah. yeah so. On the most recent Citadel 21, I think. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So anybody listening, go check it out. Yeah. If you don't know what psilocybin is and you think I'm just talking nonsense or talking about weed or something like that, you need to do some research on this stuff because mm-hmm. like you said, some of the greatest people in the world are putting a lot of money yeah. into unlocking this Pandora's box. And, you know, in this society, in the day and age where we're like nitpicking and fighting over the dumbest shit and, you know, like if there's any type of cure, that's a bad word for it, but any type of remedy for the situation, mm-hmm. it would be something that has been with us since the beginning of existence, something Could that be. grows in the ground. Could be. And has no, he talks about like the, the decentralization of psilocybin and LSD mm-hmm. and the fact that you can go and grow your own mushrooms, mm-hmm. just like you can go and run your own node. It's fucking fascinating shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. to, yeah because it's like you look at like other drugs, uh, especially pharmaceuticals, and it's that's not decentralized. Those things are created. Mm-hmm. Those things are right. And then it's like, I don't know, you could just have a closet right here where you can just grow some mushrooms. Right. right? It doesn't get, and, and the formula for LSD is actually open sourced. Mm-hmm. You can go and make LSD. It's yeah. not complicated at all. Yeah. Um, so I, I sound like an advocate, but it's more of a curiosity for me. Yeah. It's something that I'm trying Same to go down. Yeah. But speaking of writing, speaking of Citadel 21, a plebs journey, man. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. I, and when the last time we recorded this, I just give you humongous kudos for the writing process because not only is it extremely difficult, but to go through it and then have the uh, the awareness and, and the confidence to be able to post it publicly. Mm-hmm. And then end up on Citadel, which is amazing. Talk us through a plebs journey and how it was writing it from when you first thought of that idea to when you finally decided to publish it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've kind of touched base on, like through this conversation already, on some of the things that I, I talk about. Um, the intention at first was just to to write to my family and friends yeah. to, to try to, to get more intricate on my, my way of thinking and my pers- my current perspective and why I'm doing what I'm doing because, um, I want, you know, obviously I love them and I want them to know why I'm making certain decisions and try to communicate as best as I can. So at first it was really just to, well, one, it was to, uh, I'm a big Jordan Peterson fan. And so he always, um, you know, promotes that writing, negotiating, speaking, uh, you're unstoppable. And writing can really uh, be profound for your you know, uh, critical thinking skills. Um, and so for me, it was definitely uh, a step towards working in public 
and trying to uh, yeah start thinking in different ways and trying to be a better writer and a better thinker. Um, and then also try to understand what the hell has like my my perspective of the world has drastically changed in the past two years um, ever since COVID happened and ever since I started like learning about Bitcoin. And so I really thought to myself, like, I need to write about this. Just even if I don't release it public, I just need to start understanding how I got here and how, you know, we all got here. And um, so I started writing uh, as I was in Austin. Um, it's just, uh, it's like, a, I don't know how many parts I'm going to create, but it's on Substack. I tied it to my Twitter. And yeah, at first it was just the audience of like my family that I wanted to express like what, you know, where I was in life in my perspective. And then as of late, I've been thinking, you know, um, I, I would like to reach an audience of maybe people that don't hold Bitcoin or they don't understand Bitcoin. Maybe they're living life in a way that they don't, they don't feel like is their, you know, uh, their best self. Um, and maybe they're just kind of stuck in a rut. And like, as we were talking about David Goggins, for me and for you, hearing his story would give me chills, would, you know, give, you know, would inspire me and light a fire within you know my soul a little bit. And so, you know, I actually got feedback from one person that I met here in Austin and she was like, yeah, like the way that you wrote it, because it's so personal, you can relate to that, to, to the writer. And so, yeah, I've gone back and forth saying, I don't know if I want to, you know, put this out here. Uh, or at the same time, I thought that if you, if more people are open about their struggles and because like, everybody has, you know, their issues or, yeah. or certain struggles that they go through. And yeah, there's a quote that I've heard Joe Rogan say, cause you know, we all have our own subjective uh, experiences or, or, or ways of perceiving things. You know, the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. So the, the, the pain that you felt may not seem like, you know, Jocko Willink going on Iraq and Ramadi and just fighting and, and going through a lot of pain, seeing some of the, the people that are the teammates that he was with his crew die and then you have someone you know upset because they dropped their ice cream on, on the side <laughs> of the street like that kid is extremely in like he's, he's in a lot of pain yeah and like you know to him it you know the, the it just seems like um you shouldn't judge people for uh what they go through you just try to encourage them to understand it and push through it and be personally responsible so for me it just starts off with talking about personal struggles that I went through and it's not like my, I had a decent upbringing and it's not like I had a, you know, I lived in the ghetto or anything like that. I just, uh, but I did go through some, uh, you know, struggles at first at a very early stage of my life. And then, um, you know, I, I eventually that kind of tumbled and there weren't any really, uh, introspective moments after that until I was like 24. Sure. And, um, I took time to just really do some digging for myself. And that had that like that time I left my job. I left like, you know, this relationship that I had with this girl for like two years and then just went back home with my parents. And I was like, fuck, man, this is this is ridiculous. I can't believe I did all this. Yeah. Like at first it felt terrible that I did all that, you know. And I had a decent job that, you know, was paying okay and but it was in line to be successful and but I knew it wasn't right. Uh, I just felt it and eventually I just needed to take some time and, and the time that I took alone in solitude and just to write and to read and to meditate and to work out and to do whatever, uh, that ability and not a lot of people have that ability to go back with their parents and, you know, have them kind of support you in, this, in various ways. Yeah. Um, you know that I was, I'm extremely grat, like 
grateful for that moment because it was I was able to shift my perspective and change who I was in a short amount of time and it absolutely changed my direction. Like I could still be working for this hospitality company and restaurants and uh, nothing wrong with that. It's just that it definitely wasn't my what I wanted to do. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so a plebs journey is just really talking about that, the first part, and then kind of dives into when I started to really have structure and took care of myself, um, I started to realize, yeah, I, I became more aware of um, certain, you know, censorship online and what was happening with Google. I just kind of ate up a bunch of podcasts like on Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss and all this stuff. And so uh, if I want to be, if I want to carry myself in a way that I feel I'm, I'm this, you know, tr- pursuing truths and, and trying to go about my life in a way that I feel um, feels true to me, I think you need to be intelligent and aware of how you uh, navigate in the digital world. Like you sure. want to be able to have search engines that don't completely censor or filter certain things and, and to not be misguided and to be misled into things or gaslit or whatever. Right. And so that's when I started to become more aware. I, I, I mentioned in the first part, it was uh, this documentary called The Social Dilemma. did a really good job. It might be a little bit over the top somewhat, but uh, it did describe on a scalable level how central centralized algorithms on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and then you've got like a bunch of random you know bot accounts that just stir up a bunch of mind capture. And so I started to learn about that more and more. And I realized where I started to see a direction of where society was going. Um, and so I kind of discuss that. And then um, I just like put up a video on Instagram one day uh, about my just concern about the state of society in the US. And yeah, I was like, genuinely, I don't know what we're going to do. Things don't seem like they're going in a great direction. I'm not sure how or what we're going to use to 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 go from a you know good standpoint or to improve going forward and he just reached out to me i don't really i wasn't like the best of friends with him in high school or anything but we were like casual friends and um we caught up and he just like tossed the bitcoin standard to me and so as i was reading the bitcoin standard i was also applying to traditional firms and studying for my financial licenses and um i eventually got a job with with uh, a firm and that, you know, at first I was like, oh, man, I, I can't. Like now that I have this newfound perspective of Bitcoin, I don't want to work here. I can't. Like there's no way. I can't. I, like, now that I, you can't unsee what you, you know, yeah. you can't unsee it. And so it, I got my licenses and immediately started interviewing with any Bitcoin company that I deemed was, you know, um, had a decent uh, outlook or, or, you know, kind of business model. And so uh, that's where it started with Unchained and, and um so I kind of, I like to provide that background of like individual personal responsibility going through struggles, like in order to do, like if you pursue through those struggles, it, you know, it can drastically improve your life and you can mold mental toughness. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's essentially like a pleb's journey that it's just um, really trying to help me with understanding my, how I got here and improving my way of thinking and and then also trying to, if, you know, um, people think that, uh, it, you know, um, it gravitates with them yeah. or if they, you know, pluck something out of it that helps them in a certain way, then that's, you know, obviously a huge bonus. And, uh, so yeah, I think it's going to eventually evolve. Like the second part is going to come out soon. I've been working on it and, um, it gets, uh, more into some of the bases of like certain books that I read that really helped me understand society a little bit more. 
Um, but then I think I'm going to start talking more, you know, focus more on Bitcoin and then the Beef Initiative and talk about um, what I've seen with, you know, what Texas Slim is doing and how important it is, I think, just underneath Bitcoin. Um, yeah. And, you know, years ago, prior to all of this, all these events that I'm describing, I actually would, I was reading Fast Food Nation and Food Inc. and understanding like how, you know, effed up our food industry is and, you know, pharmaceutical industry as well like they sell you the poison they sell you the antidote and that was something that kind of clicked with me and i was like damn that's pretty interesting uh to think about and so um yeah i kind of want to dive into that i think that uh what parker is doing i I kind of i've been just observing what he's been doing he's obviously leading uh the austin bit devs and then he goes to houston he does the houston bitcoin meetup and he's gone to a bunch of the um the beef initiative he went to the beef initiative conference here in fredericksburg uh Texas, which is in the hill country of Texas, and he was there. He spoke. Um, so he's he's looking at Texas. Uh, at least, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Parker. But it <laughs> seems like he's trying to make Texas interdependent with their with our food system, with our energy system, and with our money system. And I think that's really important to sustain individual freedom and economic freedom. And I wanted to help prop that up as well. I want to be a contributor to making that successful. Um, and so I think that maybe writing and trying to help with that, spreading that word can, can be, you know, can maybe accelerate that a little bit more. Um, so that's where I think the next part of a plebs journey is going to go to, and it could go somewhere else, but that's where my focus is kind of lied on right now. And, you know, and like I said, I'm, I'm, it's, I haven't really been a big writer in the past, so it's really just, you know, it's like building the skill as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well said. That that was uh, so on point and and so enlightening. Um, if you were to change anything now in retrospect about the plebs journey or your first go through, would you or would you leave it just as is? The first part, you mean? Correct. What, what's already out there published? If you could go back in retrospect, now that it's out there, now that people have read it, would you yeah. change anything or did you? Are you comfortable? With where yeah, it is right now. I'm pretty comfortable with where it's at. Um, yeah. I'm sure as, you know, there's one uh, quote that I saw. I was like, if you look back at yourself in one year, and you're not disappointed, you know, you're not embarrassed and you're not yeah. growing. Right. And so in a few years, maybe I'll look back and say, oh, man, that sucked. And yeah. like, maybe a couple of things would have d- like tried. Uh, maybe I would have uh, described Bitcoin a little bit more for someone that's for, you know, if someone's reading it and they don't understand Bitcoin at all, and why I'm talking about all this and yeah. like, flabbergasted by it. Uh, I don't think like my writing may necessarily give them like a, a clicking moment. I do link a bunch of resources. I, I linked um, like Gigi's bitcoinresources.com. I think it's just like a high signal website for like an all in one package of, of all these articles, books, podcasts that you can just dive right into. And yeah. Just, um, just, I just gave like a high level overview of it. And um, so, yeah, maybe I would just go a little bit more in depth with that. But at the same time, I, I didn't want to make it too lengthy. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with where it's at right now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Sometimes you just got to let it out there. Like these episodes, for example, like I can't go back. I can't fix them. I can't. Well, yeah. when they're editing, I can. But Unless you got like uh, AI and. Uh, well, I could just deep, shut down the whole fake, RSS feed. Big shit. You can change <laughs> everything up. But now these are these are time blocks. Like hey, we are Bitcoin. We use that that example. But every episode is a new block that's mined. I can't do anything about it. And the longer the feed goes. I can't go back to episode one. I don't have those files anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have those. I can't tweak it. And by nature in an RSS feed, I don't believe I could delete it either. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like permanent. 
if I fuck up, I fuck up. If I say something, I have to own it, and I will. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's why I like to ask those questions to creators because, um, you know, naturally you might be like, ooh, I wish I had that one back to do this. But if mm-hmm. you're comfortable, you're comfortable. Um, on the Parker uh, example and the mission, I agree. Um, that was yeah. one of the things that fascinated me uh, also about coming to Texas was that. And I haven't been disappointed thus far. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm talking about, like, not only from that example you gave, but, like, just literally going to the grocery store, buying the and i know the grocery store especially if you act slim it's it's a deaf place right mm-hmm. but what still fascinated me is is you can you know when you come home and you look at where all the stuff is made that you bought it's all from here it's all from here yeah if you're talking about like heb yeah yeah some, well, some of it is, is there yeah. any other place around here well, you can go to like whole foods and other stuff like that I, I, whole foods will import it from other places i never went there anyways and yeah you're right you could probably go to like a wally's world or yeah, something, like, something that. like that yeah yeah no but like yeah the heb it's like it's you know if you want to go back home right you took you uh, market basket mm-hmm. i used to work that was my first job yeah <laughs> shout out to market basket <laughs> no no, uh, no. no yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well i mean if you talk about like the best grocery store back in at least yeah, around me was it was probably market, uh, basket. market basket yeah but yeah no awesome. shout out to market basket it's just a free out place um but like you go there you're not getting stuff from like you know you can but you're not getting stuff from massachusetts you're not getting stuff you're walking about whatever they got on the shelf yeah yeah, but like the H-E-B, for example, it's like, oh, man, this whatever soda is made in Austin. Oh, mm-hmm. this sourdough bread is made in Austin. Yeah, like, I've and, noticed that. Yeah. So it's like, that's extremely impressive. And then you scale that back to what you said about Parker. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like Texas is really setting itself up if it hasn't already to be that, you know, self-sustaining um, state that can actually realistically, and I know this has been talks for a while, secede from the union. Like it, it's mm-hmm. in the position to do so. It makes its own energy. It makes its own food. And with the Mecca here with Bitcoin, it can sustain itself with the hardest money of all time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fascinating. Um, one of the people that I had the fortune and it's very early on in the conversations, but is slim is somebody that I've been having mm-hmm. the fortune to talk to yeah. and hopefully be able to help uh, in his mission. But because of what we were talking about earlier, my problems with food historically, mm-hmm. his mission resonates with me a lot. I, I think yeah. it's one of those things where like, if you ask me, maybe six months ago to a year, what's the most exciting thing to me in Bitcoin? It would be the technological stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, I'm geeky about, you know, X-pubs and private keys and all that stuff. Although that stuff is still fascinating and it's the reason why it functions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best story right now is in Bitcoin is hard food, right? Yeah. We've got hard money, sound money, sound food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Slim, it's just... yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not religious, but if you were to count like a Messiah that just comes and preaches the gospel yeah. of sound food, he's hitting a home run. He's doing an yeah, amazing he's got a heart job. Of, heart of gold. Definitely heart, heart a great guy, too. Sure. I mean, I've seen him talk um, at least three, three or four times. <clears throat> and every time you can just see like the dedication and emotional, like emotional, um, I would say, not attachment, but just how invested he is in this and how dedicated like he can i believe he contributed and started this up with his own money and he didn't take in any you know any donations i uh, correct me if i'm wrong slim but um so he's really bringing this up from the grass grassroots and he just uh he cares about the kids man he knows that you know he's talked about uh testosterone levels with some of these some kids that Absolutely. are eating foods that are unfortunately very they're just not whole foods they're synthetic and they have a lot of maybe pesticides or synthetic ingredients that are just not um natural for the human body and so he's he, he's doing it for them you know in future generations and so 
And then the ranchers too, man. Like the ranchers and the farmers, like they are like very important to our society. Crucial. And they are getting screwed. Yeah. Like they, it, it is hard to sustain a business, and the amount of hours that they have to work is just not sustainable. Yeah. And so Bitcoin is this, you know, it's the beauty of this whole initiative is, it's it's helping, um, it's helping the consumers just with their own health, but also the producers, the ranchers, they're able to um, grow their business and put all their time and energy into this finite censorship-resistant form of money that preserves their wealth yeah, and uh, won't be, you know, a melting ice cube. Um, so, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I've met Cole from KNC, and I met, uh, I think his name's Jason Rich. Uh, he's out in Colorado. He went to the Beef Initiative. He's another rancher. And yeah, they're definitely taking the lead here and trying to start this movement of ranchers becoming more empowered. And we yeah. need, we need that, man. Like we need to hyper localize a little bit and not be so centralized with our food system and overall just um, other businesses in certain sectors within, you know, the economy. Yeah, I agree. Love it. Love everything Slim is doing. Love the idea. Um, I wasn't too versed with New England ranchers. I don't even know. I'm, there's a few mm. farms. I know there's, um, but it's, like. Yeah, it's just it's just not a prevalent thing uh, in those situations, but mm. it needs to be uh, yeah. for what you said, younger generations, uh, even us as getting older as men. I mean, testosterone starts to decline after you get to a certain age. Mm -hmm. So it's very important not to um, send that over the fucking hill by eating the shit that they're giving you and making it worse uh, <clears throat> because we need to we need to lead. We need to lead families. Yeah. We need to lead th th this younger generation, especially when it comes to what I would argue is the biggest fight of our lifetime, uh, uh, which is the, the battle versus currency. It's the yeah. battle of Bitcoin. Like, who the fuck are we if we're soft men? Who the fuck are we if we're just not able to live up to the fight? Because that is what we do every single day, literally from our day job mm -hmm. all the way down to what we believe and what we practice and what we do these podcasts for. Yeah. It's literally that fight. So um, on a mindset level, we need to be strong and we need to be hardened. But also on a on the biological level, on the on the chemistry level, uh, I'm not gonna say I'm old fossil, but I do realize that after the age of 35, your testosterone kind of just jumps off the cliff, mm -hmm. like literally, it's just yeah. one of those things. Uh, some people is after the age of 30, so this is where Slim's, you know, uh, and I got children, so this is where Slim's uh, um, teachings and everything is very important to me. Uh, but it's also an experience, and mine's was literally today, right? Mm -hmm. Like. So yeah. I can hear it from a distance. I know you've told me last time you came to just shoot the first uh, episode of this podcast or the first version of this podcast, you brought some KNC. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we just had some hamburgers and mm -hmm. lifted it up. Fantastic. It tasted great. Today, though, uh, I, I get a call. Um, it's not from Cole, but it doesn't matter. It's from Chris. Shout mm -hmm. out to Chris from, from uh, KNC. And it was just literally the whole experience. Like, So I bought it in Bitcoin. I got sats back in Bitcoin. So I paid with the hardest money ever, got a little bit of a discount for doing so. Mm -hmm. That's already a great experience. <laughs> Shout out to Oshi and Michael yeah. and everything you guys got going on. The next part of that is, is I didn't just get some fucking UPS driver to fucking show up at my house. Yeah, right? it's them. I got a call from Chris and was like, and, and, <laughs> and the most perfect Texas accent of all time. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> this is Chris. Are you home? Right. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I'm home or whatever. Hey man, I got a few stops. I'm gonna uh, uh, and I'm gonna be bringing you your beef. And I'm like, this is fucking. <laughs> hey, this yeah. isn't like a FedEx driver, yeah. like I said. It's not like a Walmart representative or a fucking Amazon representative. This is legit a rancher, probably himself. Mm -hmm. 
And he shows up at my door, right? Comes, where do you want it, right? Hospitality was fantastic. Drop it off wherever I want. I said near the door. He comes in, extends the hand. Mm-hmm. Shake a rancher's hand. Yeah, man. What a fucking phenomenal yeah, experience. Yeah. And it doesn't end there. So now I open these boxes and see beautiful fucking quality meat. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, you know, the color of it, the yep. marbleization yeah. of it. Yeah. It just looks phenomenal, right? And then as a dad, I now get to sit down with my 11-year-old daughter and I get to show her the bullshit grocery store meat that we just bought, mm-hmm. that we just have there, right? Like a ribeye. And then I get to show her the real ribeye, right? And I get to talk to her between the differences and how now we are being fed better than we were if we were going to grocery store. And like the feeling, the eureka moment that she had, right? Yeah. Like seeing it yeah. and seeing the color next to each other. Um, Tastes better. Yeah. It's just that, well, she has yet to taste the KNC yeah. yet, probably tonight for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that whole experience from top to bottom, not only is it better for us to eat this you know, quality food, but to meet the rancher, but to shake the hand, mm-hmm. but to get the phone call, but to get the hospitality, to get the delivery, to get the, you know, to pay the hardest money and get some in return. Like this whole experience from top to bottom is just phenomenal. Yeah. And you just wouldn't be able to get it anywhere else. Oh yeah. And I hope that with Slim's journey and his mission, you start to get it anywhere, right? We start mm-hmm. to wake up these ranchers yeah. that are more like in the Northeast. Um, I don't know how far away we are from that, but if I can do anything, and, and that's what I'm talking to Slim about, too. Like you said about mm-hmm. your writing, if we can do anything to fat, you know, speed up that journey, yeah. And and and, and I'm more than doing it uh, just off my time and equity, right? Like yeah. I don't need nothing in return. Matter of fact, that experience that I just explained there is my return. Like mm-hmm. I was able to have that experience. My daughter's able to, so it's educational for her. Mm-hmm. It's better for her growing body, right? Because yep. she's a young woman. Uh, my son as well. Too, he's a young man. He's about to grow up to be a young man. Like. This is shit that is the most important thing in Bitcoin right now, in my opinion. We've already gotten past the point, and we haven't. The developers are still doing fantastic stuff. I don't want to get away from the money mm-hmm. aspect, and that's a big fight. But, like, boy, if we have the, the intuition, the mindset, the physical resources, the body, like you were saying earlier, the mindset, if we can have that going into the hardest fight of our lifetime, we stand a good chance. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, if we're sitting, and not just me and you personally, like, as a, as a species— if us men, us leaders are sitting here talking about, you know, who's a woman and who's not a woman and, 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 and just being confused about that and seeing these young teenage boys be confused. But then also as a man, not having the strength, not having like being able to get up in the morning, the testosterone, which is so influential to men. I don't think a lot of pe- people hear the word testosterone and they just think bro science, but it's not. It's so influential to what a guy is. Mm-hmm. Everything, sexual drive to physical fitness to strength to fat burn to to mindset. It's so crucial to the male body. I'm down 1000% to mm-hmm. do whatever it takes to get that mission out. And I am more fascinated on this journey than I ever was about private keys and, and, and all that good stuff. So it's crazy, man. I'm glad I got that experience. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, he's grown out his conferences, too. Like he did one in Colorado. He's. I think he did one in Nashville, maybe. And then that, yeah. there's another one coming up in Georgia. Georgia. I and so this is just going to be... Trying to get out there for that. Going, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, we, we need a... Uh, <laughs> Slim was on the podcast. And when I, <laughs> when I told him I was in the Northeast, he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he basically was like, You're oh, screwed. shit. Yeah, like not screwed, but like, you know, like, God bless you, basically. Like, you know, because yeah. th- there are some farmers out there, but... um. 
it's just harder, man. You won't get that experience. You would have to go to the farm. You would have to like, you know, pay a higher premium, right? Mm-hmm. Which it's okay because yeah. it's worth it. Uh, but yeah, it, it's not this concept of this experience that I just got, mm-hmm. which is like pay with the hardest money, receive sound food, and get it from the actual fucking rancher, yeah. not from the Walmarts of the world or the conglomerates of the fucking world. Mm-hmm. Fascinating shit, man. It is. Indeed it is. Yeah, man. Overall. We we leave anything out here on the table, man? Huh? We leave anything on the table here? We got You got anything else you want to bring up? Um, We're going over an hour, bro. That's a long rip. Damn. That went by fast. Um, yeah, man. We missing anything? When we, can we expect that part two? You said you were working on it. It's almost done. Uh, I don't know. Maybe in a couple weeks. Yeah, I can do okay. a little bit of editing and review it a little bit. You're going to go back to it, though? You go that route? I'm going to try. Yeah, yeah try. I'm toss it their way and see what they think. Come back here on the show. We're going to talk about it when it's up. Sure. Friend of the show, man. Absolutely. Sure. But, Shane, man, I appreciate you. You and I talk a lot about uh, a lot of stuff that I actually want to aspire to, not from the simple things like ice baths, <laughs> uh, but physical fitness mm-hmm. and beyond that. And I, I'm envious in a good way of your mindset. I see it every day when I talk to you. I hear it. I know it. You're an action-led man. Uh, and that's inspiring to me. And I appreciate that, man. And I'm so fortunate to not only be able to call your friend, but to be able to work with you every damn single day. Oh, so, man. You're going to make me blush, dude. Nah, uh, it's real deal, man. <laughs> I mean, I, and then just like our connection with Massachusetts, yeah, our connection with yeah. like the journey that we've had and Bitcoin being a similarity there. Um, just glad that I'm in town and, and yeah, looking forward to doing a lot of things with you, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a pleasure to have you here. I'm very happy that you and your family are here. Thanks. Contribute to Unchained, have a presence physically. Um, and I aspire to, you know, what you're doing, you've got a, you've got a full-time job, you've got a family, you're doing your podcast, you're helping out with other marketing stuff. Like you're also a man of action. So try to be, man. Got to lead by example, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, bro. Uh, let the listeners know uh, where they can follow you, where sure. they can find you, where they can find a plebs journey. That's important to me. I want readers to go check this out. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's just my name, my Twitter handles, Shane Larson underscore and then i believe i've linked uh the substack article there or you can just type in shane larson on substack you should be able to find it i got laser eyes so you should be able to let's go yeah distinctly yeah. find that i kind of walked away from that i didn't i was just naturally just wanted to change my uh avatar yeah but uh yeah laser eyes to 100k seems like it was a decade ago <laughs> Right, nobody's really doing yeah, it anymore. It's taking a while, but we'll get there. Yeah, we will. We will. And I never remove them for any reason besides just change the flavor. That's yeah. all. But thanks again, man. Thank Appreciate you, man. you. Appreciate it. Listeners, glad to be back. We back, we back, we back, we back. Expect more of this incredible content, hopefully here in person, if we can get more people to come to the studio. But either way, that doesn't slow me down. Look out for the side chain. Check out the solo rips. Those episodes are designed to give you ammunition to be able to walk into your conversations, whether you're at the barbecues, whether you're at the... Whatever, the get-together, the birthday parties, listen to the solo rip, get some ammunition, and go in there and talk your shit, whether you agree with me or disagree with me. So check those out. Um, you can find this podcast on any podcasting 2.0 platform, um, whether it's Breeze, Fountain, those are two of our favorites. Uh, there's a bunch of them out there. Stream with some sats. Let us know if you enjoy the show. I'm going to plug in Shane here for a split, so stream him some sats so he can get some love too, uh, and, and we can resonate that way. Um, for 4K content, this beautiful content, you can check us out on Bitcoin TV. That's our preferred place for you to go check us out. Subscribe there. Follow us there. If you're not on the Bitcoin standard of media yet, I don't know what it is that you're waiting for. You should know by now. But if you're checking us out on Spotify, on uh, Apple, any of those places, do the old-fashioned stuff. Give us a comment. Leave us a review. Um, share, right? That helps us get to the top and helps us get this signal to more and more people. As always, I appreciate you all, and I'll see you all next week. Take care.